Welcome to Just a Parishioner Podcast. My name is Lorenz Zaragoza. And my name is Sean Greeley. This is episode one, brother. Episode one of what's going to be one of the best podcasts to hit the earth. That's right. right. Uh, So uh, I hope you listened to the intro of what this podcast is all about. Uh, But if you didn't, that's four minutes that you'll never get back. Um, So we'll talk about basically what it's like to be a parishioner in our shoes. Uh, We're going to be bringing in other parishioners onto the podcast as well so you can hear their stories too, Sean. So today we're going to be talking a lot about the new year. Um, We just celebrated Christmas Day a few days ago. We're still in the octave of Christmas. Uh, We as Catholics can't forget that. Christmas keeps going for seven more days. I took down my decorations already. (laughs) Yeah, you were quick, man. The tree came down the next day. Listen, it it was an 11 and a half foot tree, not 12 yet. But it was dead. It was dead. All the branches were dead. All, all, of, all the branches were drooping. Half the pine needles were off. Katie, my wife, she took a look at the tree and said, no, we got to take it down. So we took the tree outside. Pine needles everywhere. We're going to find pine needles until Memorial Day. I guarantee it. Um, but we're like, if we're taking the tree down, taking all the decorations down, you got to take down all the decorations also. So went outside, took out the lights. Believe me, I, I, know, I know the Christmas season is still going, but... I'm just saying, it it was a dead tree. I don't want to turn it on and start a fire in my house. If we learn one thing about today's podcast, if we learn one thing about Lorenz and his wife at today's podcast, we know that they commit. (laughs) One one decoration comes down, one ornament comes off, everything comes down. It's all or nothing. (laughs) All or nothing in this house. But uh, I hope you're a better Catholic than me and kept your decorations up at least through the season. Um, But like Sean said, you know, the new year is upon us. And uh, today... It is cliche to talk about resolutions, so we're not going to call them resolutions. Um, Instead, what we're going to be talking about today are different ways that us as parishioners, how we're going to try to become better Catholics in 2021. Yeah, yeah. I think like both of us try to live at our fates as well as we can, but everybody who's honest with themselves can, can honestly say like, there's some things I need to improve on. Maybe things that I used to do or things that I used to say or... Or participate in that I, I kind of want to get back into that everybody has those things so we're gonna go over some of that ourselves right and, and and what we're trying to avoid here on this podcast is we're not trying to tell you what to do we're not even trying to make suggestions because we are you <laughs> you know at the end of the day we are you we're trying to get better we're, we're trying to become better Catholics so any advice I give you, number one, I can't guarantee you that it's correct. So I'm not going to try to do that. And number two, who am I to say that I'm a better Catholic or Sean's a better Catholic or who, you know, there are, all of us are just trying to get to the same goal, uh, the same place, and that's heaven. And, uh, you know, trying to do that together within our faith. Um, but every single episode, we're going to do what's called a uh, parishioner, uh, parishioner profile. Uh, we're going to bring in a new parishioner every single episode or try to every single episode so they can tell you their story and how they got to where they are right now. A lot of us probably have a long way to go still, but we still want to discuss exactly how we got to where we are. Um, you know, Sean's going to do one down the road for sure. But, you know, today I thought it was appropriate to tell you my, let's call it a bridged version to where I am right now. So, um, Sean, interject if you have questions about what my profish, uh, parishioner profile looks like, you know, ask away. That's that's the whole point of this, you know. The one interjection I'll make before you start is just so everyone's clear, we are two of those people who are trying to figure things out. We were trying to prep for this conversation and then we got into a five minute argument about who was the best Spider-Man between uh, Tobey Maguire and uh, Tom Holland. Is that it? Who you, you, you know, you know his name. Like, don't don't Listen, try to downplay who he is because you like Tobey Maguire. I will defend Black Suit Spider Man to my death in Spider Man Three. And that is that. 
Black Suit Spider-Man is the entire reason why Tobey Maguire is the worst Spider-Man. So you have Tom Holland, number one, for me. You have the other guy with the hair, number two. And then Tobey <laughs> Maguire. can't remember his name. Doesn't matter. Doesn't even matter. Listen, give me, that, give me the scene of Tobey Maguire at the jazz club any day of the week. Again, the reason why Tobey Maguire is the worst. But anyway. That being said, let's move on. <laughs> so again, I was a cradle Catholic. You know, grew up going to church every single Sunday. Let's call it most Sundays. Definitely missed a couple when I was younger. Um, but received confirmation in eighth grade. But the the real the, the first step that I took was the DRE asking me to be a religious education teacher when I was in ninth grade. So straight from confirmation in eighth grade, didn't think I knew much about the Catholic faith. But she put me with second graders, so I knew I knew more than them or most of them at least. So she put me with second graders and I taught every single year from ninth grade to uh, through my senior year of high school. From there, uh, that's, you know, I went to college, I went to University of Miami. I think that without being connected to the church in that way, I don't know if my faith would have, would have been as strong in college. Now, now with that said, <laughs> I went to college, I didn't join any Catholic groups, there there was no Newman Club. Or if there was a Newman Club, I didn't know about it. There right. might be a Newman Club. If anybody from University of Miami is listening to this podcast, let me know if there's a UM Newman Club. I'll reach out. Um, but I didn't join, I didn't even look for them. That's the thing. I, I went to church most Sundays, again, most Sundays, but I didn't try to take it a step further at that point. But at least I went to, call, uh, I went to church uh, as much as I could. Yeah. I even went to confession a couple of times in college. So awesome. that's, that's more than a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Now, with that said, most of the sinning is in college. Right. <laughs> most of the drinking is in college. Eh, Post-college was a lot of drinking too. Yeah. But regardless, you know, I was looking back, I'm, I'm very happy that I was able to get to mass as much as I did. What helped was that the freshman dorms was right across the intramural fields from the Catholic church. Right. So a nice walk across in Miami, 75 degrees, there are worse things, worse ways to get to church. Sure. If it was up in um, Binghamton, I don't know if I'd be getting to Mass as much as I did. Yeah. But I got there. All you, all you Minnesota and Maine people, God bless if you're walking to Mass. Yeah, seriously. You're, 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 you're better people than me. You probably are better people than me. But anyway, so that was college. Got out of there out of, in four years. And then uh, I ended up meeting my wife uh, a year out of college. And... From that point, we started to go into Mass together, um, and we started to grow in our faith together. And then a couple of years after that, we started to meet uh, a couple of friends. So we never really had—we had Catholic friends, but we never had a Catholic group of friends. Um, a good friend of ours, Justin McGaldy, he became the religious education instructor um, at the DRE down here at St. Mary of the Isle in Long Beach. Um, we got to know him, younger guy, a couple of years younger than us. And he put together a, a volleyball team with St. Mary of the Isle. And that's where we met a lot of our friends uh, to this day. Uh, Justin actually introduced me to you. <laughs> so right. um, from, from that point, I started to grow you know, my friend group with, with Catholics. Um, you know, a little further down the line, you know, obviously in between those times, Katie and I got married uh, at St. Mary of the Isle down here. Um, we, we created our friend group, and then we started to have kids. And so now we, we're blessed with three daughters. Um, the reason why I bring all of this up is uh, I, I don't know if, if I could say that there was a real 
low in my faith. There were like small ups and downs as as I got older. Sure. Um, you know, you hear of stories of people losing faith completely, getting away from the church for years, mm-hmm. decades mm-hmm. even. Um, I can't say that that was that was my story. Um, I definitely, over the last what thirty years, have been trying to grow in my faith as as time went on. Really, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm so. I'm curious because that that was like a, a good overview. That was like the bones, I think. Oh, I want to put a little meat on it. So, your experience in college, right? University of Miami, um, obviously a beautiful place. Obviously, like uh, I think we know it for football, basketball, and can imagine that students just blow off class to hang out by the pool on campus. You would think so, but the whole so everybody would always ask me like, how do you get to class, like? It's, if it's beautiful out, it's University of Miami. How do you get to class? For me personally, I, I, I had a scholarship. <laughs> if I didn't get to class, I was going to lose that scholarship. If I, yeah. if I lose the scholarship, that means I don't get to stay here for four years. Um, and then you hitchhike back to New York because your parents probably would kill you. They if, would kill me, yeah. exactly. Um, but but I, I will say that it's it's actually a great school. You know, they, they have, you know, I went to the School of Business. It was a phenomenal school. Sure. I know that their music school is great. Their engineering and architecture programs are awesome. Well, I um, think my question was kind of like, what, how was you as a churchgoer on campus viewed when you were in school? Like, did you get to know people that also attended mass? Did you get to know anybody in the dorms? Did people know you as that guy who was a churchgoer? If, if you want to dive a little deeper <laughs> into what I did at college, I joined a nationally Jewish fraternity, Signal from you. So, right, right, right. So with that said, they weren't all Jewish. I think half of the guys there were at least Christian, most of them Catholic. Of course, yeah. Now, with that said, I don't know if I would say any of them were practicing Catholics. Uh, a couple have come to mind who went to church occasionally. Uh, a good friend of mine is pretty devout in his faith right now. Um, so it, it, it's good to see that. But I went to Mass alone, without fail. Sure. Like I, and and when, I was at ma- when I was at Mass, I was there at Mass, and then I was out. I, would, I wasn't even looking to so- socialize. Sure. I would look around, and it was families. I mean, it, it was, you know, it's, University of Miami is not in Miami. It's in uh, Coral Gables. So. Mm-hmm. It's very residential in that area, so it was it was a family mass that I was going to. Um, would I look around and yeah, I saw some students there for sure. Um, probably in my junior year, I realized there was a Catholic group on campus, but right. I was way past that point. You had your people. I had my people already yeah. at that point, so I wasn't I wasn't looking to build a community there. It wasn't at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, man, like I, I really really missed the boat. Well, I, now I, let me ask you this now, like because uh, I think something that just in in faith life and in our own personal lives, like community is something that is so important. And I mean, I'm asking these questions too, because when I was in college, I was part of the Catholic club and I was kind of known as a Catholic, one of the big Catholic people on campus, right? During my, especially like later years in college. But did you now, what are you like 15 years out from college? Yeah, let's say that. About that? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, somewhere in the 10 to 15 year range. Let's go, I think it's 14. I think it's fi- going on 15 actually in May. Okay. So, obviously, a little older, a little wiser, a little more mature at this point, most likely. Where do you think that role plays? Because, like, you were mentioning your friend group now, and that's connected to the church being so important to you. Where does, you know, in retrospect and in comparison, like, how, how important does the community play into it? Well, that's what I mean by I think I missed the boat, for sure. Um, now, why do we get to Mass? The Eucharist. It's everything. 
Sure. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. I take it back. That's not everything, but it is. It's 99%. It's 99%, right? At least I was receiving that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that was the most important in, in my eyes at that point. But that was it. Like I said, you know, in retrospect, I should have seeked out, you know, the Catholic group or at least tried to met one person, at least one other student right, who yeah. went to Mass. Um, again, it wasn't my group. Now, any regrets? No, because if if I did, I might not be where I am now. I might mm-hmm. not have the wife that I have now. I might not have the kids I have now. Um, so no regrets. But looking back, definitely would have would would have seeked out some type of community there. Be, and the only reason I say that is because I know what it's like now right. to have that community. Yeah. To what's, have, what's the value of that now? Well, again, that's you know you're never alone when it comes to the church because, like we said. You're, if you're receiving the Eucharist, you know, you're never alone. But there, one, I think we've, my wife and I have totally seen the power of prayer work in our lives. And the power of group prayer, you know, we, we've seen that firsthand. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I never had that. Never had that in school. Um, but, but the second thing is discussions like this, they weren't happening, mm-hmm. you know. And without discussions like this, I wasn't able to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was where I was. Uh, high school brought me to where I was in college from a faith perspective, and I want to say I plateaued at that point, mm-hmm. and and I just stayed where I was. And it, it wasn't until I got out of college, and 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 met Katie that my faith started to grow even more. Okay, I'm I'm happy I got out of there alive. I'm ha- I'm happy that I I didn't lose faith while I was there. That like most do, right? You know, um, and and uh, praise be to God for that. Honestly, because. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's very easy for anybody to go to a university in the United States and lose their faith and, sure, and yeah. like 100%. So again, praise be to God that that wasn't the case for me. Uh, but th- there's no way that I grew in my faith at all. Um, with that said, I, I have to give a lot of my friends and I'm talking about my closest friends, all the credit in the world because they knew I went to mass and, and not once did they ever dog me for mm. it, you know? Um, there was never any confrontation. They knew that that was the life that I was living. Just wasn't their life, especially the Jewish ones. Mm-hmm. But, yep. you know, at the end of the day, they, they respected my decision to go to church, uh, regardless of how hungover I was. Right, right, right. right. So, hey, man, all, I mean, all the respect in the world for that. I, w- I mean, I, was, I spent two years working in campus ministry, and that's something I experienced as a student, but also observed as a more professional Catholic in that sense in my, you know, mid twenties and had no business being there, but just seeing the way that, you know, students were affected by the opinions of others was very heavy. And the fact that, you know, you're, you're, uh, the guys, whether they were in your fraternity or just friends that you had in college, didn't, you know, dog you on that. It was probably even just a, a grace in itself that, that allowed you to just keep doing it for yourself. Well, uh, that that's a thing, and well, the first thing is I cannot wait to, to go into your uh, parishional profile, uh, one of these episodes, because there are going to be a million questions I had to ask about that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I also can't wait to have another parishioner on the podcast who is who is the student that you're talking about, mm. who who, you know, stepped away from their faith just because of peer pressure or or just uh, social pressure. Right. Uh, essentially. Yeah. Which is super, is 100% a real thing. It's happening. Yeah. I mean, it happens to adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be exciting to hear from parishioners who come back to their faith. Um, you don't get that juicy story with me, unfortunately. That's or, right. or fortunately, I don't know. Yeah, yeah fortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guarantee you that we'll have somebody on to talk about that. For sure. Um, but I, I, 
I wanted to share my story because I think it was a, I think it led into what we were going to talk about today, regardless. And mm-hmm. that is the, the ability to level up your faith, the ability to, you know, try to get better as a Catholic. Um, I think that if if you don't if you're not trying to get better as a Catholic, and this is this is looking at myself personally, uh, you know, through reflection, if I think I've got it down, there's a problem. Yeah, um, I mean, in the scripture, we literally hear from Jesus say, "Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." That's the capstone on his teaching from the Sermon on the Mount, and we all know we can't be perfect. I, I always kind of pray and reflect on that because God knows I'm not, but. I always think about that as if I think I'm good, that means there's another step to be taken. And I can't be perfect, but I always have to strive for that perfection. Right. And uh, like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we're not here to give anybody advice. Um, you know, we're, if anything, this is us to try to talk this out for ourselves. Yeah, we're literally just verbalizing <laughs> our own, you know, contrition in our own prayer. <laughs> right. Um, but ju- just in, in praying on this and reflecting just today, thinking about, you know, what are, how are the ways that I want to get better in 2021 as a Catholic? I thought it was an amazing exercise just for me personally. And uh, again, I'm, I, I would suggest it for sure. So let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I was talking, I talked for the last maybe 15 minutes. I'll keep talking. Yeah, uh, my, well, I, I can kick it off with my, my quote unquote resolutions. Sure, go ahead. Don't call them resolutions. My truths that i'm speaking into the universe for myself in the future you could call them resolutions <laughs> <laughs> so i mean one thing that i know i really need to do and this is for so many reasons is recommit to not only a, a prayer life in general but a prayer life with the blessed mother with mary um and the main way i want to do that is by committing to a more frequent rosary for myself um, How often do you think you, you pray the rosary now? I'm not going to lie. It's like a one-off thing for me. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, what's crazy is like, you know, you and I work in very similar jobs, more or less the same job. And we spend hours in the car every day. And there's so many opportunities for me to do it. But I'm like, maybe once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks sometimes that I'm like, wow, I should probably pray a rosary right now. I even, you know, I have apps. I have a, the Hallow app is one that I use that has a rosary on it that I can just play the audio and not even need to say it and just pray along with it. And I still find myself struggling to do that a lot of the time. So what I'll say about this, and again, not, not a pedestal moment at all here, um, maybe about the last month or so or last month and a half uh, on the Hallow app, not a sponsor, but on the Hallow, Hallow app, yeah. um, they do have the daily rosary that, that just you pray along with them. I don't even need, I'm not even holding a rosary at the, at the time. And and I find myself guilty of not paying attention and just babbling the words mm-hmm. more times than not, which, you know, this is, that's something that I need to yeah. definitely focus on because if I'm holding a rosary, I'm more concentrated on that. Don't get me wrong. I love the app and I'm, I, I think I'm better off doing that than nothing at all for sure. 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 Um, but you know, I, I definitely fall victim to that when, when I'm, when it's just on in the background, I'm not even paying attention to what I'm saying. Well, you want to hear a funny story when I was a sophomore in college, um, it was like the first time that I'd ever prayed the rosary independently, but for some reason that year I committed to a daily rosary for Lent. That was my extra prayer that I was going to be doing during the season of Lent. Um, I, also heard something similar to the time, something I never heard before, was that if you're praying the rosary at night, you can let the angels finish the prayers for you. I didn't know what that meant in context. Now I understand it means if you fall asleep while you're saying a rosary, 
then quote unquote, the angels finished the prayer for you, right? At the time, I conceptualized to myself that it meant, oh, I only have to pray half of a Hail Mary, and then the angels will just say the second half. <laughs> so every time, I would just say the first half of a Hail Mary, and then just go on to the next first half of a Hail Mary without saying the second half, because it made it half the time. So I'd finish the rosary in like eight minutes away. <laughs> um, but it's funny, because that was like, that period was probably the time that I did say an entire rosary for 40 days straight. I'm not sure I've really done that since. I've gone... I've done good stints, especially when I worked in campus ministry. We just, as a staff, you know, we had five, uh, 5.30 mass, and at 5 o'clock, he would go in and pray a rosary all together um, before mass. So that was something really cool, but it was also something that was kind of um, not forced upon me, but something that was placed in my life ex- externally. So I think going into 2021... For many, many reasons, I need to recommit myself to the rosary and to allowing the Blessed Mother to be a an advocate for me in my life, um, to, to take me closer to Jesus because she is so powerful in doing that. Yeah, dude, I, I love that. That's a great, uh, a great non-resolution. Um, what I would also say is, I mean, even, even if it's not... Let's say that you have a commute that's five minutes. You know, you know, we like you and I we're, we're both similar. Where our commutes can be forty five minutes, and mm-hmm. then spend another thirty minutes in the car, another forty five minutes in the car. But if you have a five minute commute, a decade, right? Yeah. I mean, not even doing a full rosary. If, if I mean, I'm sure that we could all find time during the day to do that. Of course, but a, a decade goes a long way as well. I mean, Absolutely. That, that's what I would think. But uh, I, I love, uh, I, I love that as 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 a plan for yourself. Um, my, the first thing that I want to do, and uh, I mean, it, it comes down to just getting to reconciliation more than I do. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not at the once a year mark that I used to be, you know, years ago. Sure. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think your frequency is now? I, I want to say it might be once every month and a half, um, okay. once at once every, once every two months. Um, I will say that over the last year and there was a, maybe a five month break because of COVID. Sure. Um, but I started seeing a spiritual director, uh, father Sean Magaldi. Awesome. Um, uh, so he, so w- with that, you know, comes reconciliation, right. you know, if, if I, if I want it, yeah. um, pitch but, for spiritual direction for anybody out there that's listening and, and hasn't heard about it. It's one of the most beautiful things you can experience in your faith life. Absolutely. And we'll definitely do a podcast more on that. Um, so, so definitely increase the frequency of, of reconciliation more because of that. But with that said, I, I just get into confession. It, number one, and this is a very selfish reason, it just makes me feel good. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It it, it clears my head and, and, and just makes me feel good because, you know, with, with Catholicism comes the guilt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's something seriously psychological about it that people discredit when they don't think that it's necessary. Right. Like telling somebody physically speaking out your sins to somebody. Yes, it's like the sacrament and, and the grace that comes along with it and the, the priest acting in the person of Christ to absolve you of your sins. All of that is obviously valid and true. But there is something seriously psychologically releasing about telling somebody else your sins and being told that you're forgiven. There's like I think God designed our brains and our minds and our bodies to react to that in a very specific way. And it's a very positive way. Oh, absolutely. And and, and, and the second thing is, uh, amongst a million other things, but the second thing that comes to mind right now is by saying it out loud, it's making me, it, it's making me face, you know, those sins every single time or every time that you commit 
sometimes the same sin over and over again. Mm. But and and again, psychologically, if you get to confession and you say the same sin, you're saying, "Am I really doing this again?" Yeah. Like, like, am, am I who I actually want to be if I'm going to keep doing this? Exactly. So the self-reflection part of it is huge. Um, again, the personal feel good, you know, that's, that's great too. But at the end of the day, it's trying to become a better person and a better Catholic. Mm. And, um, again, absolving of the sins, that's everything, (laughs) you know, but you know, every time I walk out of confession, I'm just like, if I get hit by a car right now, I'm good. It's good. Yeah, yeah I'm good. I'm going to heaven. It's because you have no kids. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get hit by a car. But listen, things but, happen. Listen. But, but, but I, I mean, again, from a selfish perspective, it's like, yeah, you know, you have yeah. that kind of perspective. Maybe on once it I have too. kids, I'll feel a little differently. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I mean, those, those are the things that I wanted to hit on. It's just, you know, just the self-reflection and trying to become better. I think by going to confession more often, I, I think we can all find value in that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what, what's your, uh, your second go-to for 2021? I'm, do you see how like, like I'm like trying not to say the word resolution. You're so purposefully avoiding it. <laughs> it, it, it hurts you're gonna, now. You're going to come in and say, what are you resolving to do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I, I just really, I just can't stand resolution. So. so one of the worst parts about 2020 for me outside of, you know, the global pandemic and the hundreds of thousands of deaths in America and, you know, we may be, I guess, millions worldwide, but, um, and all of the suffering and all of that that went along with it. But for me personally, one of the worst parts was absolutely just the effects of the shutdown and how that affected things like volunteer opportunities. Because I'll say, like, in my life, volunteering is probably what allows me to feel christian the most i think it's um i think so much about matthew chapter 28 when jesus is saying you know you who serve the least brothers and sisters of mine are really serving me that's not an exact quote but it's pretty much the gist of it um and every time that i've been able to uh, i've spent a lot of time in my life serving the homeless people in new york city um and by giving them food and clothing and you know warm drinks and things like that um, I've served, you know, the poor in Haiti or not Haiti in um, the Dominican Republic. I've, I've served the poor in Mexico. These were all little trips that I've gone on. And I look so fondly back on them as such formative times in my life. And even just doing something like serving in a soup kitchen with the sisters of life or something like that. But this year it's been impossible to do it. Um, it's been, well, it's been very difficult to do it. And part of it is definitely just like the, the societal malaise that I feel in my own head. Maybe I haven't been the most active, but that's why I want to recommit to it in 2021. Hopefully with the vaccine, things open up a little bit more. And hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm aiming to have a more renewed spirit of service in that way. What's well, got to be difficult in, in your situation because, you know, you definitely have more you definitely given more time than I have in my life. And, Most of and, this was in college too. So. Yeah. But with that said, especially in a year like 2020, when there are more in need, it's like, well, I can, I should be doing more or I can be doing more, but 100%. I'm, but I'm not able to do more. Yeah. It makes it very, very difficult. Definitely. I think, well, I, what I will say is I think this year, um, I mean, thank God I've been blessed to have kept my job and be in a good position, you know, financially to be able to give a little bit more. And that's something that I've been able to do more this year than I have before. So, I've, I've given more at the donation basket at church when I've gone. I've given more to charities that people have talked about online. I've given more to 
some of my friends who work for missionary organizations, things like that. Right, because you know, you know, again, praise be to God that you were blessed to be enough to be able to do that. Right, right. but not everybody is. Yeah, yeah. not everybody, uh, not everybody is, and and uh, you know, you give what you can for sure. Uh, let me ask you this to dive a little deeper: Have you put any thought into what you would do first, or or what would you look into first in regards to works in twenty twenty one? It's really, I I think the homeless holds a really special place in my heart, and right here in Long Beach, you know, I've talked with. Um, our pastor a little bit about what the opportunities are and I think maybe even you know looking into what the city has available as far as volunteering with people here um, I think I would love to do some kind of outreach with with homeless or just people who are needy you know people who may even have shelter but just need you know more access to food or more access to you know good clothing um, there's so many people in our own backyards who just need help, you know. Yeah. You don't have to go to a different country. You don't have to go to a different state. Um, if you do, that's a great thing. But I think just trying to identify the people in my own community, in my own uh, my own city that can that I can help out with, that would really be the first thing I would look for. Um, and I think from a resource perspective, that would be the easiest for most to do as well, because you might not have the resources to be go, be able to go to another country or the time or one hundred percent. You yeah. know, so that and even even just the one of the things I, I think last year I was talking to our pastor about like the situation in Long Beach, and he was saying the bridge that goes over to Island Park um, out here. He said he thinks a lot of people hang out under there at night. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I guess I could walk over there with some, you know, prepped meals and some clothing and see if anybody needs anything. But then all the fear sets in. And I'm like, well, what if somebody tries to hurt me or tries to steal my phone or tries to do anything like that? And that kind of stuff is real. It is it is a real thing that people do those things. So I'm not saying that those are unfounded fears, but I think <clears throat> that's where we're looking for something like a community resource, like a soup kitchen or something like that would probably play in a little bit better. But God bless the people that are courageous enough to be able to do that. And maybe I'll be counted among one of those someday. Yeah. Um, but if you are courageous enough to just enter into somebody else's life like that without fear, that is probably the most Christ-like thing that I can think of. Dude, that's awesome, man. Uh, I might take that for 2022. I don't know. When my Kids get a little older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. am I take them with me? Exactly. Not yeah. not under the bridge, but like not the under soup the kitchen. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, I'm gonna go into my second non-resolution, um, and this is this is one that I've been saying my entire life. I just don't read, and and you and I have had lengthy discussion about this. Oh yes, we have. <laughs> I'm not a reader. I, it's just I've been shocked by the <laughs> lack of books that Lawrence has read. That's right. Uh, with that said, my uh, what I want to do is is read more, and not just read. I'm not reading Harry Potter. What I want to read is, um, you know, things revolved around our faith. Um, you know, you turned me on to a book uh, by Fulton Sheen that funny enough i'm not reading i'm listening to an, an audio uh audible book so yeah. well that's what i was gonna say you know you you are a big podcast guy right huge yeah, yeah. Love not only recording them but also listening to them oh yeah yeah that, that's what i meant um <laughs> i love recording podcasts but yes i love listening to podcasts and that's where like i mean audiobooks are such an easy transition with that what i will say for me is that audiobooks it's so much easier to just stop paying attention that and that that's the other thing like i was talking about with the rosary before i found myself needing to go back two minutes three minutes because i realized that i just wasn't paying attention to it yeah. uh, which is definitely definitely a, a con when it comes to the uh, to the audiobooks for sure absolutely but 
Shout out Fulton Sheen, Your Life is Worth Living. Excellent, excellent. Read or listen if you're on Audible or any other audiobook uh, source. I couldn't even tell you a chapter I'm on right now. <laughs> all, all I know is I'm about two-thirds of the way through. Yep. Um, but so, I, again, so what I'm going to ask you, Sean, because I know that you are an avid reader, um, including, um, you know, things revolved around our faith, is if somebody wanted to read more, um, what suggestions would you have, whether it's a specific book, whether it's a writer, you know, what, what would your thoughts be? Hmm. I think, so, I mean, we mentioned Fulton Sheen, and one of the books that I really love by him is called Life of Christ um, by Fulton Sheen. It's pretty much, he just goes through the gospel stories and explains them. And the gospels are something you can get lost in pretty easily or start to interpret your own message that may, uh, you know, may or may not be what the church actually teaches. And he is just so good at explaining everything in such a relatable way across all of his books. But that one just goes into the gospel stories individually. Um, Another one I would suggest for anybody that hasn't looked into it is Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I always suggest this. And it's, you know, C.S. Lewis wasn't even Catholic he just broke down Christianity and the main tenets of it that can be shared across, you know, denominations of Christianity so well. It was a series of radio programs, radio um, recordings that he gave during World War II in order to give Europe a look towards something that is beyond mortality because there was so much death and destruction around them. And that's kind of what we're experiencing right now with COVID. I think one of the horrors of the pandemic is that nobody, a lot of people haven't had something to turn to outside of the life around them. And that's where so much of the fear has come from. I'm not denying the reality of the, the pandemic and the danger of it. That is 100% accurate and 100% there. But there is something so far beyond what we experience here in the world. And I think C.S. Lewis does a really good job of breaking it down for your everyday person. Um, as far as a really specifically Catholic thing goes, I, I would steer people towards the catechism um, and the, any, any kind of explanation of St. John Paul II's theology of the body. The catechism is obviously just a breakdown of our faith. Um, it was written for lay people to be able to understand what the church actually teaches. And theology of the body was based on a series of audiences that John Paul II gave, um, you know, in the 80s mostly. And it just goes into such good detail about the way God created us, what he created us for, the way our bodies, things like our sexuality, how they all play into it. And I think it's something that the modern church greatly needs in order to be able to tackle a lot of the problems that it's facing. Really cool about the catechism, and I forget where I heard this, but I heard if you, or I mean, if you just do the math, if you read about 10 paragraphs a day of the catechism, you're done in the year. Yeah. You've read the entire catechism. Absolutely. And it'll clear up a lot of confusion. Right, right. That's exactly it. So great suggestions. Um, and... I'll ask you again for those as the year right. goes on. And those are probably all available on audiobook. <laughs> exactly. Catechism on audiobook. Um, um, so, yeah, again, that was my, you know, that's the second thing that I'm going to be working on in 2021. Um, and it, it's so funny because uh, as Sean and I were talking about what we're talking about today and and going over the topic, we, we both made our list separately, but both of us basically had the same third thing that we're going to be focusing on. Yeah. Um, so Lorenzo's married. He has three daughters. Uh, he's, he's mentioned that I myself just recently got engaged within the last couple of weeks. Big congratulations to Julia Gulia and Sean. That's right. Julia Gulia. She's very excited. Right. She's excited to get rid of that last name. <laughs> <That's> um, <how. laughs> just for listener discretion. That is not her real last name. <laughs> 
but also if you haven't seen The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler, do yourself a favor and go watch oh, it. Oh, that's on you then. Yeah, that's, that's, the that's a you problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we both kind of wrote down independently that we want to be able to pray with our significant other um, a lot more intentionally than we have been. And I'm not saying that we never do it, but it's something that we both, I can speak for myself, I just need to improve upon making it a point when we're hanging out. And I'll speak for myself Katie and I rarely do it. That's the right. thing. And and I, I so I said my family. Now with that said, my eldest is three going on four. Don't get me wrong. We pray every night with them. We make it a point. We pray before every single meal. Uh, but with that said, you know, it, it's tough to get into deep prayer with a four-year-old. Absolutely. Sure. Um, so for the time being, it, it's definitely praying with my wife. Um, we I know that we both pray. And we, we, we every, let's put it this way. All of us. Every single one, all of the listeners, both of us, we, we could all could pray more for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. But we pray. We never pray together. And that's something that I definitely want to improve on. And it's it, it's going to be easy to improve on when you don't do it ever. <laughs> so, I think, uh, well, it's like it's so funny with, well, I, wouldn't know, I, don't, I don't know if it's so funny. That's just something I say. But with marriage, like you're intertwining your souls in the sacrament. And then it's like, I feel like that's what I'm trying to prepare myself for when I'm trying, when I talk about wanting to pray more with Julia is I'm planning to marry this girl next year. And I want to make sure that we're in a good spot spiritually, independently, but also that we're going to be able to build a life of prayer together. And like you said, like it's something that we don't do together a whole lot in a structured way. And I feel like there are a lot of good resources to be able to, to do that together. So I, I envy you to the point where you're not even married yet, yet this is something that you're striving to do. I'm happy that, you know, this is something that Katie and I can work on together now. I mean, we've been married for, what, about six years now. Um, it, it's never too late, I guess. It, it was what popped into my head. It's never too late. Yeah. You know, to day one, why am I waiting for the new year? You know, we should do it tonight, honestly. Right. Um, but it, it's something that, uh, you know, I know that there's going to be a lot of value in. In retrospect, yeah, I would I would I wish I, we we did it a year before we were married too. That's not the case, but we got to start somewhere. Listen, I'm I'm saying this now, and I hope that I can be better with it. But by no means are we going to be perfect either. So. Right, exactly. So let me ask: Are you thinking about doing anything specifically with Katie to try to work on that? Honestly, what I dread is how awkward it would be to start, and and, and I mean that in the sincerest way. Yeah. <laughs> right, because it, like so. Again, not a sponsor, but I think the Hallow app would help out a lot, especially if we're doing a nighttime prayer, at least listening to, uh, you know, listening to their, their, their evening prayers together. Right. Um, and not necessarily going to discussion about it at this point, but if, if we're listening to an evening prayer together or praying along with it, I think that's a good first step, you know, baby steps as opposed to cannonballs, you know? Definitely. Tar- terrible analogy, baby steps and cannonballs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but whatever. Don't let your babies near cannons. <laughs> exactly. Don't let your babies jump into the pool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, no cannonballs in the pool. But, but what about you? I mean, have you, have you had a discussion with your fiance about praying together yet? Yeah, we or say. Or is she hearing about this for the first time on the podcast? No, we yeah. say <laughs> okay. we should pray together more. And then we just go about our day. Well, I think like the times that we have prayed together, a lot of it was like during COVID when mass wasn't happening or public mass wasn't happening. So we would either watch a mass or we would even just take an easier route out and or an easier way out and like pray the readings together and then pray the, uh, was it the prayer of spiritual communion, right? Yep. So we would... You know, we would alternate the readings and then we would list any intentions we have. 
and then we would pray the act of spiritual communion. All in took maybe like 10 minutes, really. It doesn't take a long time to do all that. Honestly, sometimes I look at that, I'm like, maybe I was disrespecting the whole honor the Sabbath thing by doing that. But I will say during that time, it wasn't always awkward, but it was like, do you have any intentions? Um, yeah, I guess so. Like maybe. <laughs> Forced, yeah. maybe is the word. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we always had things to pray for, but like even just the fact that for myself, I, I won't speak for Julia, but for myself, that the things weren't coming to mind immediately. It was like, wow, I really should probably spend more time in prayer independently, but also together um but that being said one thing that we have discussed wanting to do during our engagement kind of kind of goes along with what i was talking about with recommitting to a relationship with mary in addition to the rosary um we were talking about doing a marinating consecration and you know doing it 33 days out from our wedding date yep it's really cool because we're planning to get married on december 31st in 2021 with the next day being um, the Feast of Mary, Mother of God, on January 1st. Right. So it gives us a great opportunity to be able to commit, or consecrate ourselves to Mary at our wedding mass, to pray that consecration prayer there, potentially. And, you know, we haven't necessarily agreed to this yet. So, Julie, if you're listening, don't hold me to it. But um, <laughs> I, maybe we should hold each other to it. I don't know. But um, we we think that starting our marriage off with Mary, who's the model of womanhood, and was in the, you know, one third of the perfect holy family, right? That's such a perfect way to be able to start off a marriage that we hope will foster a very local church with our own future children and that we can just help each other get to heaven from that point forward. Right. Hopefully we started to do that already, but this will just help further that. I mean, and a week before that or almost a week before that is the celebration of the holy family. Celebration? Exactly. Is that the right word? Celebration? Solemnity. Solemnity. Is it a solemnity? I don't know. Honestly, with some of this stuff, it's like solemnity, feast, whatever. Something of the yeah. holy family. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just, just leading up to it, because we just celebrated that now. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, again, I don't think it's a coincidence that we both thought of the same thing there, because I think that that, that may come to mind for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And and if it didn't, hey, feel free to, to, to take that also. Believe yeah. me, we're not the first to think of that. We're not the last to think of that. Yeah. Also, if you're listening to this, Shoot us an email if you have good suggestions, because I think we're both hungry for them, and yeah. we would love to hear them. If you have an Instagram page, I, I mean, well, you know, we'll you know we'll ask Julia, who's helping out your fiance, who's helping us with social media. Yeah, she's uh, way better than with, than the, with the social media stuff than we are. Absolutely, so. um, you know, we may put it out there. Um, you know, what uh, what are you gonna what are you guys gonna be doing in twenty twenty one? What are your non resolutions for twenty twenty one? Um, the, to try to become a better Catholic, because honestly, I, I, I'm genuinely extremely interested to hear what other people are looking to do, because it's maybe something I can integrate into my own life as well. Yeah, I may forget the three things that we just talked about and just go forward with what somebody else suggests, if that's the case. You know, well, What's funny about that is that I was trying to think of my second thing, reading, because reading is just that insignificant <laughs> yeah. to me. Every time I'm like, what was my third thing? It's like reading. Oh, that's why. Long story short, if you have anything that can stop Lorenz from having to read, please suggest it, because he is desperate. Believe me, you do not need to suggest anything to stop me from reading. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the other thing I was going to say. Like, well, What's tough about praying with your significant other, uh, especially if you have kids, and I'm going to speak for myself here. Like my wife and I, granted, we have a lot of time together because our ch- children are great sleepers. I'm going to give us credit for that, okay? <laughs> so like one, they're great kids. Number two, we definitely worked hard making sure that they were great sleepers. With that said, 
they go to sleep, we'll have dinner, and it's like, oh, what do you want to do? And recently, it's been, oh, let's watch a Marvel movie. Because <sighs> I've watched all the way through uh, Spider-Man, Far From Home. I've watched all the way through that. And, and this, this is where the Tom Holland bias comes in, it, by the okay, way. Okay, exactly. Yet she has... With that said, you haven't even seen the Spider-Mans. You haven't seen either of the individual Spider-Man movies. I saw the scenes in Endgame and Infinity War. No, see, the, That's see, all I need. Like, That's like, all you, I need to see. You don't even have a full view on it all. Anyway, uh, this is a quick aside. Uh, I saw all of them. She hasn't seen any of them. She kind of dogged me for it because of a show I used to watch with terrible acting. But I got her into it, and now we're a few away from you know we're maybe seven or eight movies left. But yeah. that's what it, you know. Long story short, it's like, well, what do you want to do? Well, let's watch a movie, uh, or or let's talk. I mean, not even about faith, but let's talk. And we've sat we sat on the couch, had a couple of drinks, and we've talked. But never once is it. Oh, right, let's pray first and then do it. And maybe that's the first step that we can take. Also, I think one of the beautiful things is like when. When Julia and I have kind of done that, it leads into different conversation. Right. And, you know, you probably have had those moments with Katie in six years of marriage and, you know, years before that dating and everything where when you, I think prayer kind of allows you to look beyond the reality that we have here. And when you look into that, things that matter day to day that you're trying to either forget about by watching a TV show or something like that, or things that are, are just insignificant that you may talk about otherwise, they start to fade away and the things that are really important start to feed into the conversation. And then you can grow and not just stay stagnant as, I, a, as a person. I think you're 100% right. I think it comes down to the comfort level that I was talking about before. You know, we're talking about leveling up and that's the whole reason, that's the whole topic of this podcast yeah. is leveling up. But I think there's a comfort level where it's like, well, we we haven't missed mass in years, right? And we pray, we pray every single night. We might fall asleep when we're praying, but we pray every single night. Uh, we pray with our girls, we pray before meals. And it's like, I think we're good, but we're not. <laughs> and I think I think that's the whole point of it. It's like, you know, we're not. Yeah. You know, we, we are like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think... We could be in a worse place right now, but we can always be better. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, I think that's what you and I are both talking about, essentially, with bringing this, getting better, you know, these goals into 2021 is if we're good now, we got to get better. If yeah. we're good now, we, ha- we have to get better. Listen, know? for all my, all my late 90s kids out there, you can be a Charmander, and that's great. You can even be a Charmeleon, but you want to be Charizard. Man, I love Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Digimon's the best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, those are those are our things. Like we said, we're gonna reach out to you guys, or no, I want you to reach out to us. You know, we'll put it up there on Instagram or send us an email. Let us know what you guys are doing uh, for 2021 to, to try to become better Catholics. Um, with that said, again, this was episode one. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We definitely went longer than we thought we would. Um, but listen, we're not going to put time constraints if the conversation's going and I hope you stick with us. Um, like I said, we're going to be putting episodes out almost every other week. You know, this podcast will be available on Apple podcasts. It'll be available on Spotify. So if you like the episode, subscribe, share it with those who you think might find value in it. Um, in addition to that, if you think somebody would be great for a parishioner profile, send us an email at wearepersioners at gmail.com. You could send us a direct message on our Instagram page. At just a parishioner. Nailed it. I always forget what that is. <laughs> again, that's where it first started, but at just a parishioner. Um, so again, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys. We're praying for all of you. Please pray for us too. And happy new year. Happy new year. God bless.